Hey guys, I've got a real treat for you on the podcast today. I'm interviewing my good friend, Josh Trent. Josh is the founder of Wellness Force Media and the host of the Wellness Force Radio podcast. It is, in my opinion, one of the best podcasts in the entire health industry. He has over 300 episodes, has interviewed so many amazing experts. Um, And in this episode, I just super appreciate how Josh gets really real. He's just like, let's cut the BS and talk about the stuff that matters and let go of the stuff that doesn't. He talks about his own journey and embracing that. And it's extremely inspired. I was honestly moved for days after interviewing him. Um, And then we get into ayahuasca and he explains some of the science there and history and some things you may not know. So if you're interested in that, make sure you stay tuned for that part. And then he gets into the shifts that he had himself in his own personal life that are extremely real and raw. And I really appreciate him sharing that. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. So I'll just go ahead and let us get right into it. Here is Josh Trent. All right. The one and only Mr. Wellness Force, Josh. Um, It's actually been so amazing to watch Wellness Force grow over the years. I've been listening to your podcast for quite a while. It's such a well-produced podcast and you have such amazing guests. You've had, I know you were telling me way back when, when you were excited to get Dave Asprey on and Paul Check, and now you're just like, you're rolling. I mean, how many episodes do you have on Wellness Force It's almost 350. Holy crap. Yeah, baby, five-year journey. (laughs) Dang, so we've got a podcasting expert right here and you've had so many so many experts in such different realms of health and fitness. And that's what I really want to start off with you on is like, I've noticed you, you cross constantly between this, the mechanical side of health and fitness. Like, of course you hit nutrition and training and optimization tools, biohacking supplements, like all that fun stuff on the the mechanical side. It's kind of fun. Yeah. We like to be dorks. It's kind of fun. (laughs) Right. But you really, really shine on the spiritual side of health, getting into meditation and breath work and plant medicines, shamanic healing, and you don't hold back. You're just like, here we go. This is the stuff that's helping people. So like, I really admire that. I feel like you've been one of the podcasts that have let out the most on that. And I'm just curious what made you decide to do that? What made you decide to make wellness force about those spiritual tools as well? Oh, I love this question. Um, cause it reminds me of uh, one of the most major pivots I've ever had in my life. And I think we all can relate when something's not working yet. We're so white knuckling or wanting it to work. Sometimes Mm -hmm. spirit can give us either like a tickle of a feather or a sledgehammer that makes us pivot. And so for me, it was going out to Vegas. I had had um, the podcast for, I think, about two years, and I was really focused on wellness technology, you know, like the aura rings and uh, the Fitbits and the trackers, right? And these are all great tools, but I I was coaching clients online because my background was 10 years as a trainer. And I was using this, this wellness technology platform. And I started to just, when I was speaking at CES and I was on stage with the, the people that actually make a lot of these devices, I just started to get this intuitive hit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, most of these people aren't really interested in wellness. They're interested in just making money. And there's nothing wrong with making money. I love the energy of money because I know that it respects me and I respect it. Mm-hmm. But the way in which I saw the industry, the whole health and fitness and just wellness industry going back then, this is 2016, 17, mm-hmm. it just left a bad taste in my mouth. And I thought, mm-hmm. ah, I, I can't do this anymore. Like I got to pivot my brand because in the beginning it was about empowering wellness through technology. 
And I was having just a lot of failures. You know, my, my, I wasn't in any relationships that were working out. I was really feeling sick in my body. And I was also like broke and going into debt. And so like all roads were leading me to a change. And I got a, a hit from Nick Bartolota, who's um, a movement pro. And he's like, why don't you go see this guy Rocco in Vegas? And I was like, who's Rocco? It's this guy behind the guy that doesn't even have a lot of presence. It's all word of mouth. And I went out to Vegas on this like cold afternoon and I go to his place and I spend the weekend at his home, like hanging out with him and his family, eating breakfast with him in the morning. And it, and it was a significant investment for me at the time. And so when I made the investment, I just trusted my friend. I just trusted Nick's advice. I went out there. He had me do all these exercises and it felt like busy work, Tara. Have you ever worked with a business coach or, or, or filled out worksheets and you're like, God, this doesn't feel like, like what I need. Right. But, but when he was having me fill out the worksheets, he said, I want you to write down 15 qualities in a, in an intimate partner that you think are the most important for you. And I want you to go in detail. And I was like, okay, fine did that for two hours. He's like, great. Now take that exact same thing and do it for business. Take out the intimacy, take out the physicality, but do the exact same thing for business. And that's going to be your perfect business. And I was like, wow, that's so true. Cause yeah. the way we show up in relationships is the same way that we show up in our business. And so I did that exercise. And the next day we were sitting at his kitchen and he turned to me and he's like, so what are you most afraid of sharing? And I was like, I'm most afraid of sharing like that. I'm unhealthy myself and I'm leading this wellness podcast. That's what I'm most afraid of sharing. And he's like, cool, start sharing that. <laughs> start oh. sharing the thing that you're most afraid of. Wow. And, and I, I had a block. It was like I had, I had to let kind of the, the snake skin peel off in that moment. And um, later on that day, he was like, so what do you actually, do you know what you're doing now? He's like, do you know what you're actually doing? And I said, yeah, I'm just, I'm just sharing what I've learned about how to live my life well. And he's like, okay, you're discovering something. What are you discovering? And I was like, I'm, I'm just discovering how we be the most physical, mental and spiritual being that's optimal. And he's like, okay, you're discovering what it means to be intelligent. He's like, you're discovering physical and emotional intelligence. And I got like this full body wow. chill when he said it. I got it. chills right now when you said it. And I knew I was like, that's going to be the, our brand. And that's going to be exactly what I do for the rest of my life. You know, and sometimes we can make investments and we just get one little gem that makes the entire investment worth it. And from that moment on, I, th I felt more guided by spirit. I felt more supported by my community. It's what led you and I to even meet, you know? So yeah. it's like, sometimes we get these little hits and it's the universe rewarding our courage. And that was the biggest pivot that actually allowed me to focus more on spirituality and emotions, um, circling back to your original question. Wow. So what did you have to let go of? What were the things, you know, that fear was like, no, don't let go of this or you'll lose all your value. What, what was, what were you clinging to? I had to let go of being perceived as having it all together and being perfect. Yeah. Right. Being, being the polished. I mean, I used to go through podcasts and edit out all the breaths and wow. all the ums. And I used to try to be like, put out the best possible interview. And it's like, now we don't edit shit. Sorry. Wow. Can we cuss on your show? Yeah. You can cuss on okay. my show. <laughs> we don't edit shit. Like we just put it out because it is what it is. And that's the real richness of podcasting. So, so that's what I had to let go of was like being perfect, ha having people think the pressure, Tara, the pressure that I was feeling like right. I have to make sure that people perceive me as having it all locked in and all perfect. Like that's a tremendous amount of stress. And honestly, people right. don't even like that kind of content. Right. Wow. So then how did things start to shift for you on this spiritual journey? How did it, how did it be coming from like this wellness force technology focus? Like where yeah. did you go from there after this guy? Yeah. So what happened was is, um, 2018 
early 2018. Actually, it was December 2017, right around the same time that I was having trouble with a fitness client. In the beginning of my business, I was doing everything I could to keep it breathing. I was working with clients online. I was I was a consultant for PowerPlate, which is a vibrational technology in the fitness industry. And my consulting gig with PowerPlate, I could tell was coming to an end and I didn't know what else I was going to do. And right then, boom, uh, Rhythmia Life Advancement Center emails me and they're like, we want you to interview our founder for your podcast. And I thought, cool, I've already done some ceremonies. I'll go down to Rhythmia. I mean, that completely sh changed my world. Because as the technology was leaving my life, the plant medicine and the connection to higher power was coming in. And that's the true evolution of what I've been through. And that's why Wellness Force has a different feeling now because it has more weight. It has more gravitas because it's rooted in my own authentic sharing of the stuff I didn't want to share. And a lot of that came from the plant medicine and from the breath work and from letting go of – it's so funny. Like technology is about quantifying, right? It's about quantifying numbers and data and macros and right. activity and sleep and, and all those things are important, but just to a degree. And so right. I was making my entire business about the quantification and that ain't what brings wellness. That's not right. what brings wellness is quantifying. It's a tool, but that's the transition that I've been riding ever since. Wow. Okay. So let's, let's dig into to ayahuasca for just a second since you went there and just to let my, my, my audience should know by now that I'm a huge fan of it. And I just want to be clear with everyone. Josh is the reason that I was even able to go do ayahuasca. So quick synopsis. Um, what happened in my life is right before that I had gone through like total life devastation. Like I had just gotten out of a very healthy, unhealthy relationship in which I had given away basically a lot of my money. I left that relationship with only the things in my car, nowhere to go. I was couch surfing and facing a bankruptcy about to lose that car. Oh. And at that time, I, I, my, I hit up my friend Drew Manning about something. And he was like, where are you staying? What are you doing? And I was like, I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, uh -huh. I'm, uh, I'm figuring it out. And he's like, Oh my gosh, just come stay with me. You can come work with me for a little while. Just help me do mm. content and stuff. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Like I, I was just like anything, you know, I was in that yeah. hustle mode. Right. And before that had happened, this unhealthy relationship, he had introduced me to plant medicines, right? So there was always like silver linings. There's always good things that happen and even in uh, seemingly poor situations. And I had always dreamed of going to Rhythmia. I literally went to their website because I found out they were the only medically licensed facility in the world for ayahuasca. And I thought, what does world-class coaching look like with plant medicines? I want to see that. I want to see what they got. And so I went to their website, signed up for their email list. Who does that? No one does that. I don't ever want anyone's emails. <laughs> um, and so... <laughs> Fast forward, fast forward, you know, to maybe six months later, I'm working for Drew and because of you reaching out to Drew and recommending Rhythmia to him and then he sharing on his podcast, um, what with interviews with their people, um, he's like, Hey, do you think I should do this? Do you think I should, you know, talk about Rhythmia and ayahuasca? I don't know if my audience is ready for this. And I was like, Oh my gosh, yes, do it. I dream of going to that place. And he's like, oh, do you want to see if you can come? And so I will always forever be grateful because during the most like devastating time of my life, really also kind of the best time of my life too, because sometimes when you break that branch and you're just at your ultimate low, you have to fly. It's like yeah. fly or die. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and, and I needed those heart shifts so much. And so, um, I, I actually had connected through you with you through social media and I had no idea the connection. It wasn't until months later that I was like, Josh, you're the reason I got to go to Rhythmia. Thank you so much. You know, so that was kind of my, 
my introduction. So I just want you guys to know Josh is the reason if you've, you know, heard of ayahuasca through me, you've heard me talk about it. Josh is the reason that that even happened in my life. So thank you. Um, so welcome. The medicine works through people just like, you know, you have this podcast that's giving people the, the medicine they need. Um, medicine works through me, medicine works through you and it could be plants. It could be a lot of different things. So I, I consider myself to be honored that yeah. I got to help you. Thank you. And it yeah. puts, don't you think it puts you on a vibration, a different vibration in which you are now you're attracting things into your life because of the heart healing that, that happens during those ceremonies. I feel that so many people that, um, are on the same vibration to me just get pulled into my life now since I've yeah. been able to do that. That's um, such would, a good point. Would you mind sharing a little bit of your opinion on ayahuasca? For, and, and actually, could, do you mind explaining what it is real quick if in case yeah. somebody doesn't know what I'm talking about? Love it. Yeah, so uh, I, thousands and thousands of years ago, written on scrolls, if you trace back the lineage and the etymology of even the word ayahuasca, it comes from shamans that were in the Amazon that were told by the plants, and for Western logical people, this is going to be a little bit out there, but just bear with me. <laughs> the plants told these shamans thousands and thousands of years ago, the tracruna vine and the ayahuasca vine, which grew way far away from each other. There's no logical reason why you'd ever combine these plants to make a brew, but the shamans figured it out. And so that itself is a reason why this is divine and why this is not explained by anything other than faith and by some connection to a higher power. So these shamans blend these two vines and what happens is, is there's a chemical when ingested called DMT. DMT is also produced in the lungs. DMT produces psychedelic states. Those states can alter reality and alter consciousness and that consciousness is a window to other things that are possible outside of our looped beliefs, outside of our imprintings from childhood. So there are two ways that I think people drink medicine. There are ways where people drink medicine to check out and there are ways that people drink medicine to check in. And so there's no other way around it. Either way, you're going to get something, but it's the intention and the way that it's held and the space that it's held in that either makes it personal development through a lens of plant medicine or plant medicine and partying, which leads to sometimes deleterious things. You know, so that's that's what I believe plant medicine really is. But the science behind it is fascinating. I mean, if you look at the studies from MAPS and ICERS and even Dr. Jeff from Rhythmia, like there are long term synaptic changes that are happening in the brain as the hemispheres are connected through this DMT release. So it's really, really powerful from a behavioral standpoint, healing addictions. We have a lot of veterans going to Rhythmia. We see a lot of people that are suffering with major addictions, like even even suicidal pieces mm -hmm. that are being so dramatically healed by this DMT and by specifically this plant, the ayahuasca plant, and also iboga and, and psilocybin, that the science is irrefutable at this point. Like you can't argue with it. Now I think we're all just understanding scientifically and spiritually like how we actually implement it so that it's safe and that it's sacred. Yeah, I would say for, for me, the biggest benefit has, like if I said, what was my biggest takeaway from ayahuasca? It would be an increase in self-love to put it on a very basic level, just yeah. so much self-compassion, all these things that I was yeah. judging myself about and being so hard on myself and, and others because of that, because the, the way we talk to ourselves is the way we talk to others. If you're hard on yourself, be hard on everyone else. And so I found so much forgiveness, so much compassion, so much connection to my children, to myself, all of my priorities started to shift. Right. And mm. I, I had a very teaching lesson right before that was like, my motivation, I don't like my motivations. My motivations are selfish. I'm all about me. I'm all about, you know, this growth mindset that I possess so much. It was just a little bit off. It was like, yeah, cause I'm awesome. And I'm going to be so awesome <laughs> Yeah, yeah. when it, when it went to, 
well, right before ayahuasca, I had a very teaching moment. And I do believe for me, it starts to work in me before I even get there. It feels and like the medicine starts way before you go into way ceremony. before. And so yeah. it was like, here's some teaching moments for you to consider before you get there. And what happened was as I walked away from that, as my cup was so filled with self-love, it stopped being about me and started being more about the service to my children, to my mm -hmm. clients, to the world. It was like, here I am, two hands, just use me, whatever you need, yes. I'll do. How about you? What would God, you your biggest takeaway? So similar, so similar because um, something that I was repeatedly shown in ceremonies was the fear of things not working out and that I actually was the one that was planting those seeds of fear. It, like life is about truly letting go. I'll, I'll never forget this. And I have not talked about this before, but like it's coming up right now. I had such a powerful journey the last time I did a ceremony with ayahuasca. Like I got slapped so hard around uh, an addiction that I was struggling with. And this is early last year. Um, that I actually had to go get a healing afterwards because I took on somewhat of an energy, somewhat of an entity. And so I had to go to, to a home of my mentor here, Paul Check, in San Diego, and I had to be cleared. I essentially had to have a, a healing so that I could release this entity. And the entity only comes into people in ceremonies when there's space for it to fill. Yeah. So entities aren't necessarily bad per se. Sometimes they're just challenging and difficult to deal with because they're just attaching to a space that they've been uh, opened up for. In other words, everybody's got darkness. It's only the darkness that we haven't acknowledged or haven't seen yeah. that causes us the most pain. It's when yeah. we start opening it and when maybe these entities come in that we're actually forced to deal with it, which is such a beautiful gift. I mean, it's such a beautiful right. gift. It's just challenging when the gift is being unwrapped. So right. what happened was, is I had to go get this clearing and, um, I realized that my life was never going to be the same again. And, uh, it was around 25 years of pornography use, 25 years, you know, it was something I found when I was really young. A lot of men deal with this. Our mutual friend, Drew Manning did a whole podcast about this. Mm -hmm. So Drew actually opened me up to the fact that I could talk about it, which is why we're talking about it now. I've had so many men reach out to me after I've just peppered this in different shows. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it was like, oh, the part of me that I was trying to hide, the part mm -hmm. of me that I wasn't really ready to deal with, that was actually causing me the most pain. So what ayahuasca does in relation to your question, ayahuasca highlights the parts of ourselves that are ripe for change mm -hmm. and they allow us to cross the bridge of courage to changing them. And, and when we create courage and when we cross that bridge, it's not always going to be easy. And sometimes it can be so challenging that it might even cause a micro trauma or a major trauma from a ceremony. And that's okay too, because the medicine's never going to push people beyond what they're capable for as, as long as they're in the right space and it's being held. So in a big U-turn and a long story to your question, yes, it's about shining light on the parts of myself that I knew I wanted to change, but I didn't know how because I probably felt that intuitively it was going to be super, super painful and I was going to have to go through like the ultimate crucible for the soul, you know, the dark night of the soul. I mean, truly the dark night of the soul. Any addiction, no matter what it is, is a lack of connection either with self or with God or with community. So that's what happened for me was reuniting with all three of those things and coming to terms with the truth that was there. And that's what happened in that ceremony. I'm curious if what, what you were shown about that addiction, was it in a loving way or was it in like a brutal way? <laughs> no, um, what I was shown is that like, I have a desire to be a father. 
And I've known that ever since I was a young man. And so ayahuasca was screaming at me and saying, like, you're never going to be a father if you if you continue to watch this garbage. You're never going to be a father. And I was throwing up on the face of my unborn son in a bucket. Yeah. And, it, and it brings me, it brings me like to emotion now just thinking oh. about it, because it's not necessarily that that pornography is is evil at its core. I think pornography can be tastefully done with with integrity. You know, there's there's artistic forms of pornography that are they're great. That, that help couples heal actually. But if we're not careful, and I fell down this road, if we're using it unconsciously, and if we're using it in a way where it's not serving our heart, it's not serving our growth, it does have an incredibly dark side. You know, the, that industry, the, the pornography industry, um, is built on the backs of uh, treating women as property and sexual objectification. And that dark energy uh, comes from you know, in the world, there's duality, right? There's light, there's love, there's fear, there's hate, there's darkness, there's two wolves, whatever analogy you want to use. And so what happened for me is I went down that dark path where I was like, I just got caught in the darkness there, you yeah. know, and, and really yeah. like separating me from my own intimacy, separating yeah. me from intimacy with future partners. And I have to say, like the timing of being with with Carrie Michelle, my partner now, like that's what that's what cracked me in half was knowing that I deeply wanted this union to flourish and recognizing not only in ceremony, but also just in my own heart, that the only way that I was going to have what I wanted, which was to be a father, and I was going to be able to flourish in this relationship is if I took an honest look at this pornography addiction, like that was going to be it, you know, and I knew it. And it was just hard to swallow. So that's why I threw it up in ceremony. Yeah, (laughs) wow. Thank you for being so brave and being such a leader to stand stand up and say that because there's so many people that can relate to that. Like, I don't know if you know this about me, but my ex-husband's pornography addiction was the beginning of the end of our marriage. And I have his permission to share this. I've talked about it. And um, he started going to like a pornography addiction recovery group and just finding yeah. out that there were other men like him and then just releasing it, just speaking it. Because, you know, Brene Brown, she says you need three things in a Petri dish for shame to grow exponentially. And that's secrecy, silence, and judgment. So the longer oh. you keep that secret inside and you're just not going to tell a soul, yep. you perceive all this judgment. If you open up about it, it just keeps that shame just just grows like a like a fungus. It just goes nuts, right? And so yeah. like you speaking it is releasing. I always say speaking is releasing. Just speak it. Speak it first. So Yeah, and honestly, like oh. it did it did kind of bring up a little bit of that residue of shame. Like I've cleaned out the majority of that shame, but there's still a residue there that I think I'm, I'm still pulling out. I'm still letting go of. And and honestly, I I don't, I don't consider it to be so harmful that there's still residue in there. I think it's my resistance to the residue that, that would actually cause me harm. Like why not just talk about, we all make mistakes. We all learn, we all go through challenges in life and we look back and we say, wow, I really could have handled that differently, you know, and, and that's okay. Cause it's coming from a place of love. The fact right. that I feel the shame, <clears throat> the fact that I have the emotions that, that are guided from a, a North star of, of moral and morality and love. I celebrate that. I celebrate yeah. that. Like Terry, you have no idea. Like imagine what it's like to be raised in a home where there's a bipolar mom. My dad leaves when I'm super young, two months old. I'm born premature. I'm in an incubator for the first two weeks of my life. Um, it's challenging. I'm in a dogmatic religion that you can relate to, you know, like having to go to church, having to think a certain way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I found this drug, which is food. And when I found that drug, it just pushed down the feelings I didn't want to feel even more. 
And then to no surprise, flash forward, I'm 21, I'm 280 pounds. I'm in a job I hate. I'm in a relationship I hate. I hate my body. I just, everything in my life was like, I was suffering. Mm -hmm. And um, that was my real first awakening at age 21. Like I slammed a party cup down at a party and I ran home drunk because I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like there's got to be something more than this. And that was the beginning of it all. Like that was the path that led me here to you. It's what, it's what led me to Wellness Force. And I think sometimes our ceremonies, like our ayahuasca ceremonies that we go through, they, they, they bring up so much in us in such a short time that it, it almost feels like a decade of learning in a night, you know? And I'm so grateful for that because we have such a limited window here on planet Earth. Right. Yeah. I'm so grateful for that too. And that leads me back to um, another aspect of, of Rhythmia and that's the breath work. Right. And so um, if, if you were to go to, to Rhythmia, what you would experience is a week of work and it would be a night of breath work for ceremony and two more nights of breath work. And yeah. for me, I don't know if I ever told you this, but two, my first two nights at Iowa doing ayahuasca were nadas, right? Which means like you don't really wow. have an experience, yeah. which I don't know if I really believe in the nada. Cause I still know that a lot of things were happening to me, even though I didn't perceive it all. Um, but I, the first, you know, here I am, I'm like, wow, the universe like sent me here. This is such a gift. I'm so grateful. Like something epic is going to happen here in the first two nights. Everyone's, you know, they're crying and puking and I'm like, I will just meditate. This is really cool. Like what is going on? <laughs> Why am I not breaking through? Um, but I, but so much healing happened. It happened perfectly the way it needed to. But I will say on top of that, the, the breath work was incredibly powerful for me yeah. on finding self-compassion and returning to my heart. And I know breath work is a big part of what you're focused on right now. And you, I mean, you 300 and something episodes, like you interview so many health experts. I can't even imagine how many patterns you start to see over like, okay, this is what matters. This is what matters. So what brought you to breath? Why are you focusing so much on that in your brand now? First of all, I just love being on your show. <laughs> I just want to say that because the way that you sure. navigate a car, like you were, you were born to do this. Oh, that's um, so, so I feel like the, the real question here is what's the common threads? Like what's the through line with all mm -hmm. of these people? Like look what Tim Ferriss did. He's like, he interviewed all these hundreds of world-class experts and he wrote tools of Titans. Right. I, I, I set about to do something even more concentrated where I was like, okay, if you literally only had 20 minutes, you have no more time than 20 minutes. Right. What is the most powerful, important yes. things you ever do in 20 minutes? And I created the M21 guide because I was like, okay, if you have 20 minutes, you have 21 minutes. And 21 minutes is exactly how long it takes for people to distill and get the value out of 300 and almost 50 experts. Because gosh, you know what I saw? I saw that it was a handful of specific things. It was about starting your day properly, which actually happens the night before. Mm -hmm. And it was about taking loving care of your body with hydration and a little mobility and some breath work and some meditation and some journaling and a few other things that are in the guide. And I just realized like, oh, okay, well, if you actually do these things, like knowing and doing are separate, you know, knowing, mm -hmm. knowing and not doing is actually the same thing as not doing at all. Right. So knowing and, and the bridge between the two is what we created in this guide. And the reason why breathwork, we have a seven day breathwork guided journey in the guide. It's part of it. It's totally free is because if you can just start your day with five minutes or less or less of breathwork, what you're doing is you're priming the pump. 
you know, on old school cars, they had a carburetor and you'd yeah. prime fuel to the pump and it would start the car. That's what breath work does. If you're struggling with meditation, yeah. if you're struggling with just being still, what happens when we do breath work is we activate the autonomic nervous system. And you've probably talked about this on the show quite a bit, but just a, a quick high level, when we pull on our breath as a lever, we can shift our vagal nerve so that it activates the parasympathetic nervous system. This is like the rest and the digest and the peaceful part of our nervous system. When we're holding our breath and when we're not breathing, that vagal tone is very low and we're shifting over to more sympathetic, which is like stress, fight or flight, elevated cortisol, things like that. So the, why I put it in there is because I just started to connect the threads and I was like, wow, Dan Brule, Niraj Naik, Dave Asprey, all these people that are world-class mm -hmm. experts in what their field is, which is essentially wellness, they all came back to the same quotient. And that was, if I can start my day in a very healthy, loving way, and if I can get clear from a state standpoint, if I can control my state early, then I can start putting frequency and modulation to the things that I actually want in my life and create those in my day. Mm -hmm. But if you just kind of start the morning and see what happens, it's gonna be more challenging. Right. So that's why breathwork for me has been such a big deal. And, and another one too, a, a big point of this is in 2017, I did an event called um, 20X. It's through Mark Divine Seal Fit. And a 20X is like a 14 hour Navy SEAL training crucible where you train overnight, you're doing MRF, which is 300 pull-ups, 300 air squats. It's crazy. And you're doing it in wet clothing in the middle of the night. And so I did this because I wanted to see where my mind would go when I'm suffering. And at the end of it, I realized why I had gotten the tattoo on my arm. It's so funny, Tara. Sometimes I feel like I'm living my life backwards. Like I can look back and be like, oh, I did that. And I didn't exactly know why. Well, I got this tattoo on my arm and it says, se posso respirare, posso scegliere. And what that means in Italian is if I can breathe, I can choose. Wow. So if I can take a breath, if I can take a deep breath, then I can choose. And I got this before the event. Wow. And then, and then it made sense why I got it because I'm like, okay, I did that event. I realized that it's not about me. My biggest breakthrough in the 20X is that if I can breathe, I can choose, I can be there for other people because we're all suffering together. It's the shared suffering that, that connects us. Everybody's going to suffer in life. Yep. So it's yep. our shared suffering that actually like is a sword. Like this, wow. suffering is like a sword. It stabs all of us. <laughs> we're all going to bleed. So are we bleeding gratitude or, or are we are we bleeding hatred or are we bleeding resentment towards life itself? Because we're all going to get hurt. We're all right. going to get hearts broken. We're all going to go through things. And so that's what breathwork really means to me is uniting us to the truth. It's uniting us to the fact that we're all suffering. And the only thing sometimes we can control, like when you were in your car and mm -hmm. beat down, when I've been in my car too and beat down where I like – my mom was in a mental home. I got fired from a job, which was a gift. And I ended a relationship within six months. It was like, boom, boom, boom. and I had to just breathe and cry. I just like, I was like, okay, let me just breathe and cry right now. Cause sometimes that's all we got. Sometimes that's all we have is just to fucking breathe. That's it. And so that's why breath works so powerful. And that's why we're seeing it become so popular in our world right now. And especially in health and wellness, because just the ancient traditions of medicine and breath and even presencing and meditation, all roads are leading us back to being still and listening so we can love ourselves. That's it. And it does sound reductionistic, I know, but it's the truth. That's what I feel is the truth. It's so true. I think like the more, you know, we, we live in this world now where we have like all these superstars, right? Superstars all over social media and on yeah. podcasts and experts and speakers and all this stuff. And I'm always like, 
You have that. You are just like them. If you don't feel like you have that, it's only because you haven't been checking in inside enough to find all that stuff. Because the more you breathe and the more you meditate, the more you have these epiphanies where you're like, wow, I'm a deep thinker. Uh I actually have some incredible insights in here, but it's just taking the time to find that. Like you become your own hero. You become your own expert. And then your self-love starts to build because you have so much trust in yourself. You're like, all that greatness is right here. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get fortified by each other. Like just in this conversation, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a great day. You know, it's like we, we, we fortify our beliefs by taking loving ownership of gathering the correct evidence that our beliefs are true. And we only gather evidence by having conversations with friends that mirror our beliefs, having experiences in life that mirror our beliefs. And the beliefs are either like, I'm loved, I'm supported, I'm on the right path, or our beliefs could be things are not working out for me, money causes pain, and people can't be trusted. I mean, either one could be real. Yep. Either one could be real. It's like, which one are we fortifying by by gathering evidence for it? I mean, that that is truly it. And sometimes yep. it's easy to gather a certain kind of evidence, like when we're beat down. But the real growth and the real warrior heart that lives in every single man and woman is when we're beat down and when we don't want to practice gratitude and when we don't want to do the thing, mm-hmm. that we just fucking do it anyways. Mm-hmm. We just love any we just love anyways. And we just mm-hmm. do the thing anyways. That's the real juice. Yeah, it kind of goes back to what was the name of the guy that you went to when you thought it was going to be this cool, crazy, expensive thing? And he's like, do your freaking worksheet. What was his name? <laughs> his name was Rocco. <laughs> Rocco. Okay. So it kind of goes back to that, right? Like we live in this, like, we're like, okay, I'm going to become this super evolved, amazing superstar. And then it's like, okay, here's how you do it. You sit down and you do 21 minutes of this work every morning. And you're like, oh, like, wait, what? I have to actually do the work. Yeah. Like, wait, I have to journal. Like I, does journaling really matter? Yes. It freaking matters. Yeah. That's what it actually looks like. Cause I'm a huge fan of the morning routine. The morning routine has changed my life. And so that's why it's part of my coaching ecosystem too. Cause I'm like, this is when it happens. If you don't create a moment of creation, provide a moment for yourself to create the life you're living, then you're just going to go in reactive mode all day long. So I, it's changed my life. It's changed yours. And I, I ultimately got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm hearing all these highly successful people say that they do this. Like, how stupid do I have to be? How long am I going to take before I'm actually going to just do the thing, sit down and do the work? God, can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. Like, this is real fresh for me because there's been a lot of transition in my life lately. We, I, Carrie and I, my partner, we lived in Sedona for three months. Then we went to Kauai for a month and then we had to find a new place. And then we got our dream place here in Cardiff by the sea in, in Encinitas. But throughout all these changes, it was so hard for me to find like just leveled groundedness. And my morning practices completely fell off the map. Like, mm-hmm, and sure. it was a clear translation in my momentum in business declining my connection with myself and source declining. And now I'm like, oh, if I can just go sit and at least do two or three of these six practices, I'm still good. I don't have to be perfect every morning. Like just the, just the the universe sees me take the step of love and like just sit for five minutes and breathe. I'm good. I don't even have to journal that day. I don't even have to like hydrate myself before I do it all perfectly. You know, JP series makes fun right. of this where it's like somebody does a four yeah. hour self-care routine, jumps on a trampoline, like, and then the day is done. Right. The, I guess the point I'm, I'm making is, gosh, it's so important even to just do one thing in the morning That's for you, right. just one thing, you That's know, otherwise right. everybody's going to take your, your energy before you ever check in with you. 
That's right. Yeah. It's the fundamentals. It's just like exercise. It's like, are you putting in the fundamentals? Like, have you exercised very much in the last month? Well, you're not going to reap any of the rewards because you just didn't do the thing. <laughs> right. And it's the same thing with personal development and owning our life. If you're not doing any of the fundamentals at all, you're not going to do the thing. You're not going to get any of those rewards. It's very, very simple. And I think so with personal development, we like to, we like to think that we just don't need to do any of those fundamentals. It's easy to miss them. It's easy to be like, well, I just, you know, I listen to podcasts sometimes and I read a book every once in a while and like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but how are you applying it? Are you doing the damn worksheet? <laughs> you know what? Like, like this, this is something that we explore in wellness force. And this is why I'm so, so fucking excited to have you as a guest because I always, my goal is to, to gather and kind of pull out all the ways that people have built their intelligence, you know? So like on your journey, how have you actually built intelligence? And I see intelligence as three key things. Intelligence, like ain't how smart you are. Just cause you read a bunch of books and you have a PhD next to your name. It doesn't mean you're intelligent. Mm -hmm. Intelligence is like Tara and Josh's and all of our ability to gather information, you know, like pull it in. PDFs, conferences, podcasts, but then what do we do with it? Like, how do we apply it? So it's gathering, then apply, you know, like Rob Wolf says, put on the sweater and see if it itches, you know, like actually do the thing. And right. then after that, what we're all working on is embodiment, embodying. So it actually matriculates and it imprints the gathering, the application imprints in our nervous system. And it's who we are. It's something yeah. where, where we don't have to try. People can just feel it around us when we're there. And that is the three components of true intelligence. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That's a great point. And I want to circle back to one other thing you said, because I don't want this to go unnoticed. I love the, I love analogies. I love visuals and I love what you were saying about us all being cut by the same sword and we're all bleeding and how we find, <laughs> we get connected through our shared suffering. Because like when you, let's say you're in a back alley by yourself and somebody stabs you with, with a, with a knife and you're laying there bleeding right? You are the biggest victim in the world right then, right? Like the, nobody understands what you're going through. You just got stabbed. You're bleeding. Holy crap. Maybe I'm going to die. Maybe I'm not going to make it through this, but instead let's switch that. And there's like 45 other people around you and you all just got stabbed and you see the guy next to you he's getting up and he's like, come on guys. And he's helping people. And the mm. other guy's getting up and he's going like, we got to get that guy. And they're all seeming fine. They're making it through, even though they got stabbed. And now all of a sudden your suffering doesn't seem so huge. And this is what I've noticed with what, like in my coaching with my women, it's like just finding out that you're not the only person in the world who emotionally eats. Holy cow. Now you're not all alone. Oh, you have some marriage problems. You're not the only one. Okay. Now we can be connected. And I think yeah. that there's so much beauty and being able to share. And it takes so much courage. Like you said, sharing what you were talking about with like the pornography thing. It's like, Oh, your ego doesn't like that. Your ego's like, mm -mm, nope. Josh, don't say that. You People aren't going to trust you. Right. <laughs> Actually <laughs> it's the opposite. They will. Right. It's the opposite. And there's probably, you know, so many people listening that are like, damn. Okay. Yeah. I got that yeah. going on. Okay. What'd you do homie? Right. And then yeah. we get to heal and it heals you. The more you talk about it, the more you release it, the more you'll be able to, to really, you know, not have that same ego suppression feeling coming up. And then you're opening the door, the ripple effect that you're having for goodness in the world comes back full circle and you just become more and more healed, more and more evolved. And so I just want to say thank you for sharing that because I think that all of us can take some notes there and just be willing to say, what is the, what was your question? What is, what are you afraid of sharing the most? What are you, is that afraid, what you, of, what are you afraid of sharing? Yeah. Like yeah. What is the thing right. you're afraid of sharing is on a progressive courage built path. That's what your job is to share. 
I'm not yeah. saying you have to throw it up all in one day and, and not spend time and care thinking about how you want to articulate it. But there is something that I think you and I both see in our space right now. I think it's driven a lot by Instagram, which I have a, I have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder to Instagram. I really, I have a chip on my shoulder to social media in general, yet it's the tool that I use to connect with audience. So mm -hmm. it's like, I'm, I'm still feeling into that. But the chip on my shoulder is that I see people using what I call strategic vulnerability, mm. where they'll do a post and it's like, and not to hate on the feminine at all, but I'm sure men do it in their own way, but they'll be like a woman bent over with like her butt mm -hmm. showing and like a side right. boob. And she'll put a quote below from like Ralph Waldo Emerson. And it, and I know what she's doing. And, and in a way, I think it's, it's the dark part of our culture where because she does that, she knows she's going to get more likes. She knows right. she's going to get more traction, which equates to her probably getting more dollars. And I get it. We all need to feed ourselves. But I, I guess it's just the part of humanity that, that rubs me the wrong way because I feel like it doesn't have to be like that. And I feel like social media is bringing out the dark and the light in all of us. And yeah. it, it relates to what you're saying because um, every way that we either talk about what we believe or, or we're putting out our truth, we know it. We feel it when we do it. And when we don't do it, that's when the constriction happens mm -hmm. or when we, when we do it in a contrived way where it's like, oh, I'm going to do this post and I know that it'll get more traction. There's, I think we just, I think we lose a little bit of ourselves when we do that. And I can say that because I've done it before. You yeah. Know, and I've, you, I've, yeah. But you know what we do about it, Josh? We change it. Just like, exactly. you know, if we don't like the healthcare system, it's like, okay, make something better. <laughs> right. So I, that's, that's where I've come. Cause as a female in the fitness influencer space, I right. definitely had to take a stand on this. Right. And I actually made a post about this. If you look through my Instagram feed, you can see a picture of me and it's a, it's a flexing photo shoot shot and my hair's all done. And I've got a big old brain flashing over my head. Right. Cause I'm like, listen, female fitness influencers is not about the butt. Right. If you yeah. want a bunch of creepers DMing you go for it. If that's <laughs> what you need, if that's the currency that you would like to receive back in your life as a bunch of creepy dudes messaging you yes. and taking up all your time during the day so you can't create the life you want to live, go for it. But if you want to actually build a business, you know, I only have 19,000 followers on my Instagram. I have a thriving personal training business because I share my brains, right? Exactly. My friend, my friend, Aaron Smith sent me a meme the other day that said brains are the new tits. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that that's, that's, that's how I choose to show up, right? That's how I choose to show up is let's talk about what actually matters. And with, when you can take a stand that way and start to shift it, like o the only way it can be changed is like, what's that saying? Like, um, when a good man does nothing or whatever, what's the, what's the quote, you know what I'm talking about? Like the only way for us to, to change that, the way Instagram looks is for for good people to stand up and say, this is what we're actually going to make it look like. Absolutely. This is how we're going to shift it. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. the work I'm doing is, you know, you'll see me post all the time. I don't have any makeup on. I look like crap. I'm wearing like a workout shirt. I bought like six years ago. You know, <laughs> I, I don't care. Cause I'm just, I'm in there trying to provide content. Right. And so, yes. um, I think that we have the power to change that. Um, I, I love that. Can I say one thing there? Like yeah. everything you just said is so true. And the reason I brought it up is because I think we all feel that at times. And I really do believe that when some, when some of us view social media, we feel kind of that uncomfortableness. So the way that we can change it is just by putting out and doing the thing that's actually real. Like that's the solution. Mm -hmm. And going off our intuition, I always, you know, I started asking myself a long time ago, is this for me or is it for them? 
Boom. Why, <laughs> who is this about here? And if it's for me, it's like, nope. If, if it's yep. about them, if it helps them in some way, absolutely. Let's go. Go time. So, yep. Yep. and I hear you doing that. I hear you doing that in everything that you're doing. What you're doing, that I commend you so much. Like you're an example to me of, of letting go of what needed to be let go of in your business, right? Of being, you went from this place of, this is what I think people want. This yeah. is what it seems like is the this good thing This is what the market do. needs right, right now. Right, right. And your heart was like, no, stop yeah. it, Josh. And you were like, okay, fine. I will let go. And you stepped into the unknown and you were like, okay, it's kind of scary because I'm letting go of all my tools and I'm going into spiritual and, ugh, and I don't even have it all figured out. But you went with your heart and you led with that and look what has happened to your business. Yeah, I mean, and this, is why, this is why I'm so incredibly focused on the power of breathwork. So, so breathwork.io in March, at the end of March, if you go there, you'll see that we have a beautiful program for you to go through. And I say beautiful because I've put like a year's worth of time into this thing wow. and going to Thailand for 30 days and then getting trained with Gwen Payne in Sedona and then going to different breathwork practices and programs and just like really understanding how do we actually do this? And it's not just about us doing 30 minutes of Wim Hof. Like that's great. It's catharsis breathing is awesome. You like the one you did in Rhythmia? It's it's powerful, mm -hmm. but it needs to be supervised and people can't just start with that. It's like, you don't, right. you don't go right. into outer space if you've never been there, <laughs> right? So, so it's right. the same thing with breathwork. So, so we created at breathwork.io these three phases of really having this breathwork work for you. And it's daily meditation, acute stress management, and catharsis. Those are the three categories of breathing. Because if you just do one, or if you're just only focused on one, you'll lose out on the benefits of everything else. Because at the end of the day, really what we're doing is we're just giving people a deep breath when it matters most. That's what this is all about. And if we can train ourselves yeah. the same way you train in the gym, you know, we're training our minds, we're training our bodies, we're training our breath. You get those things working together, like you're power, you're a force. I mean, you can handle anything. Totally amazing. Thank you for doing that because it really is truly breathwork is an intimidating thing. It's people are like, I, oh, yeah. I heard about it. I don't know where to start. You're going to feel some shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely want to do your program. I'm super excited to see everything you've learned because I know you've been on one hell of a journey. You have been on a journey of healing and optimization. And for you to pull that all into a simple way in 21 minutes where somebody who doesn't have the opportunity to go to Sedona and to go all over the world, learning all these things and pull it back into right. something they can do in their house in 21 minutes. Thank you for doing that. Welcome. Yeah. yeah, it's my, it's honestly such an honor because part of creating anything is I'm sure you can relate. It's getting out of your own way. Yeah. Right. Like who yeah. might do this imposter syndrome, blah, blah. We're, we're all kind of universally wired in that way. And so as we create and especially create things that we believe in, God, it's so empowering and people can get the essence of that empowerment when they consume it. Amazing. Josh, thank you. This is honestly, I think, I probably shouldn't say this, but I think it's my favorite episode I've recorded so far. <laughs> Just so much art, so much heart in here. So, okay, they know they can find you at breathwork.io at the yeah. end of March. And then yeah. Wellness Force Radio on all podcast platforms. Anywhere yes. else they can find you that you prefer? Well, I'd love, I'd love for these men and women to download wellnessforce.com forward slash M morning 21. So wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. It's those six distilled powerful practices. Like anyone can do this, I promise you. And if you actually do it, and especially if you work with Tara, I mean, if you do this and you work with Tara, you're good. <laughs> you're going to get the tools and you're going to get the accountability. So, so go there and, and get all the stuff that I've put work into to distill. And if anything I said today made you feel upset, good, that's a good thing. Yeah. Let me know. 
uh, write to me on social media. Or if anything I said inspired you, like, I'd love to know that too. Sometimes as creators, like we, um, we never hear from people. And then when we do hear from people, it might be because we trigger them. And then occasionally there's people that are giving us love, but just know that like, we're all creating this thing together, you know, like all of your programs, the way that you lead people and, and what I'm creating and how I'm leading, like it comes from the same place. It comes from the same place. That's why it lights us up and it lights other people up when we do it together. That's actually it. That's the thing. Yeah, that's amazing. You're like, here's the life-changing shit. <laughs> here's the life-changing <laughs> stuff that I've found in my life. So I'm yes. going to go download it when we get off of this. Thank you so much, Josh. It's thank always you. awesome to connect with you. Me too. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Inside Out Health Podcast. I hope this episode served as inspiration and something that you needed to hear in your life. If you have a friend or family member that you think would benefit from this episode, please share it with them. And also please subscribe. I have so many more amazing guests coming. I have just been so gifted and honored to meet so many incredible health professionals in my career. And I cannot wait to share their messages with you guys. So please subscribe. And if you could be so kind as to rate my show, I would really appreciate it. Um, This podcast is honestly an intuitive call to me to help spread goodness to the world. And so if you guys can help me do that, I would really appreciate it. Um, If you want more info on this guest, pop over to my website, check out my podcast section, and you can get links to everything we talked about in the show um, and find out more about this guest and where you can go from here. Um, Make sure you're also following me on Instagram. Uh, That is my most active platform. You can find me at Coach Tara Garrison. You can also find me on YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter. Everything is Coach Tara Garrison across the board. Um, And then, yeah, if you want to send me a message, guys, and let me know other guests or other topics you want to hear on the show, please let me know. I am here to serve you. So um, would love to hear from you. Would love your feedback on the show. And if you share any of these episodes, please tag me on social media. It's Coach Tara Garrison.